Hi, and welcome to the events experience, where we take a deep dive into everything event planning. I work for Bishop McCann, an agency devoted to creating joy through meetings, incentives, and events for big name brands. On this podcast, myself and our company's experts will discuss all things events. So keep listening to hear all about the latest tips and trends for virtual, live, and hybrid events. Hi, everybody. Today, I am joined by one of Fisher McCann's fantastic executive producers, Melissa Petruno. Melissa is an experienced event producer with more than 10 years in the industry. She has spearheaded and overseen domestic and international programs for a wide variety of verticals, as well as Fortune 500 companies. I'm so excited that you're able to join for today's episode, Melissa. Thanks, Brenna. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, thanks for being here. So today we're going to be talking about virtual trends and how virtual events have evolved. So Melissa, when you came to Bishop McCann, you joined as our virtual events expert and you were tasked with the difficult decision of what platforms were best to host our events on. And I know that that was a huge undertaking for you. Can you describe the process that you went through and what you were looking for in a platform? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think this has been the the big question for all of us, you know, mm-hmm. as the pandemic hit was just like, okay, what are we going to do now? And we saw the world pivoting so, so quickly. And I'm glad that I was able to kind of like see that happening and just be like, all right, let's get on the bandwagon here. We need to figure this out because this isn't mm-hmm. just going to be um, a trend of like, okay, we need to do some virtual shows while we're all in quarantine. We live in a digital world. We need to be able to create a digital strategy. And that's what we did here at Bishop McCann was we looked at, all right, we need to find the right platform as a long-term partnership. That's going to be able to support us as we move into this digital world, this virtual events world. So we really weren't project focused in our search, we were more wanting to find that long-term partner. Mm -hmm. So we created a hit list with a lot of different capabilities that we were looking for, and then just completed a broad search on dozens of virtual event platforms. You know, I had our must-haves, our nice-to-haves, and a wish list in mind as we vetted these various platforms. So I thought maybe I could just kind of go through what those were. So if other people are looking at, what is it that you need to be looking for? Yeah, that would be great. Awesome. So for our must-haves, registration is such a key component to what we do here at Bishop McCann. Mm -hmm. Um, We are Cvent users, and that has been how we've you know powered registration for you know thousands of events, live Mm -hmm. events, right? So when we were looking at virtual event platforms, we knew we needed to have either a very robust native registration or somehow the ability to integrate with Cvent Flex, or it needs to just be, you know, Cvent also has their their virtual event platform. So that was like kind of one of the major must-haves when we were looking at platforms was like, what is registration going to look like? Another big one was security. You know, we work with some very big brands and we needed to make sure, you know, that they're going to have secure content that's gated and locked down on these virtual event platforms. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we don't want to get into the wrong hands. So things like two-factor authentication or single sign-on, very important. So definitely a must-have. And then another one was mobile-friendly. You know, we got to meet our attendees where they're at and we're no longer just sitting, you know, like <laughs> you and I aren't going into the office anymore. Exactly. Right. <laughs> 
So we need to be able to meet them on the go. So mobile friendly was really important too. Another one is we like to look at this as a content-driven experience. Some platforms have other experiences, like um, kind of like a 3D experience has been some of those some big names out there. And while there are some really great platforms, that just really wasn't what spoke to us as an agency and what we felt would be best for our clients. Mm-hmm. A few others were attendee engagement. That's another hot topic. So each platform has a little bit of different and unique features, which is cool to see what's out there. And then there's like the normal stuff, you know, like polling or Q&A, chat, you know, we know about those. Of course, Expo sponsor capabilities needs to be customizable. You know, we can make it look like the brands that we are going to be bringing to those platforms. Right. And then I would say like the last one is just like user-friendly and it's probably the most important if we can't use it as a producer to like build it and then we, our attendees can't like yeah. navigate it. <laughs> That's a problem. It's a problem. So yeah. So those are some big ones. And then just to like, you know, take down the list, like, cause I said, you know, we had must haves and we had some nice to haves. I would say a nice to have was native video conferencing, mm-hmm. you know, zoom is great. And it, it is actually sometimes something we still need to use on uh, these virtual event platforms, but it's nice to have the option to not have to leave the platform because once you go into zoom, right? Like it's like squirrel (laughs) (laughs) email. Like what else do I have to look at on my desktop or wherever I am, you know? So it's nice to keep them like it plugged into that platform. Mm -hmm. So that was, but it wasn't like a must have on our list. And then another nice to have was on-demand content that's easily digestible that is proving to actually become, I think a little bit more important, but it's not, it wasn't like an end all be all, but we did want to make sure there was like a non-demand catalog or library that's, you know, just easy and accessible. Right. And then the last one for the wish list was gamification. I didn't think it was a must have or a nice to have. I think it is something that um, not every client is going to use. Sometimes it is important. So it's just nice to know like, well, who out there does that and does it well. Mm -hmm. So as we just discussed, you faced the challenge of all of those platform considerations, which I can't even imagine how overwhelming that was. But when we were very first shifting over to virtual events, what were some of the other major obstacles that you faced and how were you able to overcome those challenges to get to where we are today? a great question. Yeah. There was a lot that was thrown at us. And I think one of the big ones is that we got like new job titles. We went from being planners to being producers, right? You know, what changed was the medium in which we were producing these shows. So what used to be the stage, you know, as the place where the content was delivered, it now became our screen. So that's a pretty big change. Um, (laughs) And, you know, when you were sharing content from a stage and now you're using a web player, it really means that our shows have turned into TV-like programs. So everything in the production to the way you're formatting the content is completely different. There's this like big gap in what we did one way to now doing something in a very different way. And for me, what I found as a way to overcome this challenge was I had to go from planner to producer and I needed to reskill in order to do that. So Mm -hmm. um, I personally took the program through PCMA. They have a digital event strategist course. It's awesome. I highly recommend it. 
if anybody's looking to get into production or just that they realize that, you know, while they are still doing logistics and operational, you know, things and work streams, but they're also now being asked to like be a virtual event producer and, and do broadcast like TV, you know, TV, like uh, shows, a course like PCMA's DES is great. And it's something that you can do also while you're working full-time. So it's not going to like, you know, take over your world. Mm -hmm. There's another one. MPI has one. I mean, there's a ton out there, but like, those are like the two organizations that I think are really just top notch. So MPI has a virtual event and meeting management course too. Um, So I just think these are invaluable tools and they keep you current with, you know, what's going on in our industry and helps you up level and just learn more skill sets. Right. So it's clear that not only you from taking these courses, but also just us as a company, as a whole, we've learned so much since the switch to virtual. So I'm wondering what trends did we see at the start of the pandemic that we're not seeing now? Yeah. I mean, there has been a lot of shifts. I mean, I think even just, you know, what we used to get away with in March of last year for a virtual show is probably not what you would be able to get away with now. Right. Um, a trend that I saw at the beginning of the pandemic that I really don't think that we should be actually doing. So it's a trend I don't agree with. And I'm glad that it's kind of going away is agencies and planners and producers. They were all saying they were platform agnostic. I mean, how many times did we all hear that? Right. Right. And so I just felt that that was saying that you're not an expert on any specific platform. And mm-hmm. when a client comes to an an event agency like Bishop McCann, they're looking to us to be the expert. So we needed to do our research. We needed to then conscientiously select platforms or multiple platforms that are hitting that capability, you know, goals and all those hit lists that I shared earlier, and then master it, become the expert in that platform. And that's what we did here. So that was a trend that I definitely thought needs to go away. And I don't hear it as much anymore, but Mm -hmm. a few others you know, I said earlier that we like a content driven experience. So I do think it was a trend that while there's still some big names out there, I just think that more of the platforms that you're seeing that are kind of the now leaders, they're not 3d. And so I just think content needs to drive the engagement, not a 3d experience. And that other one, you know, I had it on our, our wish list list was <laughs> gamification, which I kind of have mixed feelings about. Cause I think that there's some ways to be able to incorporate that. But I think if you incorporate it, you're almost like trying to incentivize your call to actions. And so you can kind of create a leaderboard and like, you know, people like to be competitive. So I think that that's how mm-hmm. you can use it. But I think like at the beginning, everybody just talked about gamifying their virtual events. And it was like, well, what, right. What are we doing? Or like, we're creating like a Nintendo game on it. You know, like sometimes I saw stuff that I was like, I don't, is that really what they're here for? I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, those might be some of them. So after the global pandemic, what sorts of trends do you think we'll be seeing in virtual programs? Yeah. Well, I think this is one, while we're not out of the pandemic, certainly not yet. Mm-hmm. I think we're already starting to see what's going to be moving us forward after we get past this, which is going to be hybrid. Um, everyone's talking about it. It's, it is the, right. the it trend right now. Some people are calling it blended. I was even reading a blog post the other day where another agency was calling it flex. So I think we're going to have different ways that we brand it and we make it unique to mm-hmm. our specific um, agencies. 
which is great. I think that's always really good. But you know, with a hybrid, what is so great about it is that you are able to increase your reach. And by increasing reach, you're just adding so much value. And additionally, I what I feel like is so good about hybrid and why I think this is maybe it's going to be a trend, but I, I I personally think it's going to be just the wave of the future. Not every show, but I just think this is what we're going to see more and more of is that with hybrid, you are able to make a huge game changer with how you're personalizing and customizing the experience for the attendee. You're reducing the barrier to entry. So, you know, if somebody doesn't want to travel because of COVID or the cost or family obligations, you know, we've all now seen how we can work from home. And so traveling to shows and programs and conferences is going to become maybe less appealing or just, you know, people are going to be like, why, why do I have to do that? I can do this virtually. So you're providing accessible attendance options for anyone and all that are interested in attending. And so then you're able to connect with a larger audience. You're just going on a more global scale. And I think this will have another really great, like kind of like on the side impact that is going to be huge, which is our carbon footprint, you know? Right. You don't have to have everybody in an airplane to get to your event anymore. And and that trickle down effect is going to be really, really big on um, the environment as we see, you know, climate change is something that's um, another thing we need to really focus on. So those are some things that I think are going to be, you know, in regards to hybrid, really important and why I think hybrid is here to stay. Mm-hmm. A few other things that I've seen though, that have been really cool is that you know, once we pivoted to virtual, we saw that we need to have shorter, more concise to the point sessions. And I don't think that's going to go away. Even for live, I think people's ability to be focused for that long is just diminishing. So right. I don't know here at Bishop, we've seen that, you know, virtual 12 to 15 minutes is kind of an ideal amount for a main stage presentation and live, you know, I think like 30 minutes for a breakout and 45 minutes tops for a keynote, but you know, even shorter there too is going to be important. And just a few others. Cause I feel like there's actually quite a few trends here that I'm like, I really think this is stuff that is just, we have changed the industry and what people are now used to expecting. So a few others is broadcast quality video content. This is super important now for virtual hybrid and even live, you know, we need to use really high quality, compelling videos. It's now going to be expected. Yeah. Um, and people love that, you know, like TikTok. like, why is that like the rage right now? People like that video content and on the same token or same note is making that content then available as on demand. You know, who doesn't like to binge watch their favorite Netflix show, (laughs) right? (laughs) Right. We all like to sit down, you know, at our convenience and like watch something. Mm -hmm. And I think doing that, that's, that's why I was saying earlier, like that on-demand catalog is important because it's just giving more flexibility to your attendees on when they want to consume content. And it's adding to that personalized experience. So I don't know those are some top ones. I think there's a lot that's going to have changed in such a short period of time, you know? Yeah. So quickly, it's crazy to see how the industry has evolved and how it's just continuing to do that. But we've been talking about virtual events this whole time. So I'm going to bring up this topic that many people in the industry have been discussing and some even arguing about. 
And that is if virtual events are here to stay or if their surge in popularity is limited to the circumstances presented by the pandemic. So I'm curious, how long do you think that virtual meetings will be around? I think they're here to stay personally. I think from everything I was just sharing is some some main reasons why. While I don't think every show is going to be virtual, I do think some are going to say, okay, we're so happy to go back to live. Mm -hmm. But I think then they're going to start looking at, well, should we be hybrid? And you know, it'll be interesting to see, is it just the larger shows that do that? And what will smaller, more just company-wide conferences and programs, like what they will do. But I think it's not like it's just going to go away completely. I think it, it will, of course, be um, a case-by-case by company and what type of sh- you know shows they're doing. And it'll differ probably from different mm-hmm. program to different program. So yeah, I think that I think they're here to stay. Yeah. And just to wrap up this episode, what are some of your favorite ways to keep attendees engaged throughout a virtual program? Another, another <laughs> uh, hot topic. All oh, these are such good questions. <laughs> well, I think keeping somebody engaged is making sure that you're engaging the whole body, right? Like all of the senses, mm-hmm. you know, sensory experience is limited for a virtual event. And so, you know, attendees are only relying on what they can see and hear. So how do we heighten those senses? And I talked about it earlier, you know, really amazing video content that's going to break up that monotony of the talking head, but it's fun to watch a high energy and well done video, but there's other senses too. You know, it's not just what we see and what we hear. So, you know, Bishop McCann, we started during the pandemic, a gifting company called Adventure. And I love it because we can do for virtual or hybrid shows, things that are going to heighten those other senses. So we can send, you know, gifts that are going to be food. So it's taste or it's things that you can play with. Like there was this really fun putty that I know we sent out on a show (laughs) and it's like, you know, you're using your hands Mm -hmm. and it's so interesting how like just playing with something in your hands can really keep you that much more engaged. Right. So those are some you know, I think engagement, of course, like it's, it's all the like normal stuff, right? Like we want our virtual attendees to, you know, chat and Q&A and polling and things like that. But I think we elevate the virtual experience, the more that we can have it be driven by the attendees and not just by us, the planners. So what I've seen in some platforms that are really cool is having the ability to have more open conversations and collaboration by smaller interactive sessions. And these are by, you know, creating a topic that is of interest and people coming together as a small cohort and being able to discuss in a more kind of just, you know, brainstorming session. So I think that's going to be really cool to see is some of these more unique ways certain platforms are going to leverage engagement in that way. Mm -hmm. And then the last thing I will say that I just think is so important to stress is make sure if you have a virtual event, it is mobile friendly. Right. It's crazy to me how there are platforms out there that are not completely mobile accessible. You know, mm-hmm. you have to meet your attendee where they're at. I know I said that earlier and I just, I think it's so important. I can't stress it enough. If you're going to do a virtual event, you need to be making sure that it's virtually <laughs> available and accessible to attendees wherever Wi-Fi is. Right. And Wi-Fi is everywhere. That only makes sense. Right? Yeah. Like, we can get on our email anywhere. Why can't I be able to like watch this? Yeah. Because if you can't engage them by being able to like meet them where they are at, then they're not able to connect and they're not able to access mm-hmm. the content and you've lost that person. 
So, you know, I go on walks all the time and I want to watch something or listen to it, you know? Yeah. Anyway. So I just think that's really important too. I totally agree with that. You're losing them if you're not going where they are, like you said. And so, yeah, that's so important. Also, like you said, getting their other senses engaged when they're in virtual because they aren't there live. That's just so important. Those are just great points. But I just want to thank you so much for talking with me today, Melissa, and for sharing all of that great information on virtual events. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Events Experience. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and create joy wherever you go. 